Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Stephanie Hubka, a chapter past president and a member of the Pod Squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. And I'm Leticia Niego, the 2022 president-elect. We also have Helena Hodges, our vice president of finance and operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing a champion for workplace growth and development, one of Inc. Magazine's top 100 speakers, the author of Promotions Are So Yesterday, and the co-author of the international bestseller, Help Them Grow or Watch Them Go, Julie Winkle Giulioni. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much, Stephanie. We are absolutely thrilled to have you here today. I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. But before we jump in, before we get started, we would love it if you would tell us a little bit about you. You bet. I think you hit the the high points probably. (laughs) (laughs) But let me pull some low points out. Um, No, no low points whatsoever. Um, I have been in learning and development most of my life, my very first job was teaching modeling and charm to children. And it was probably the best training ground for training ever. Uh, And everything I've done from high school teaching, college professor and department chair, and ultimately back in industry in training and development roles really has that thread of, of learning and development. And so my relationship with ATD goes back longer than I want to admit to my early days as a, a young professional in the field. And, uh, and so I'm really pleased to have the opportunity to talk to you and to uh, have this broadcast to ATD members all over and to have had that opportunity to publish Promotions or So Yesterday recently with ATD Press. Yeah, I am absolutely just thrilled that we get to have this conversation I am so curious to learn more about the book and the concept. And in fact, kind of getting into that. So promotions are so yesterday. I have to say, when I first saw the title of the book, I I definitely smiled. And I bet there are a lot of listeners out there who are either smiling when they hear that or kind of gasping because we are so conditioned to believe that we are here for the promotion. This is what we are guided toward. This is our laser focus. And that's very different than the premise of the book that you've worked on. So I'd love to start there. Tell us a little bit about how promotions are so yesterday kind of came to be. So the problem that you articulated so clearly is that we have four years now conflated the idea of career development with promotions. And when you look at the workplace, when you look at the dissatisfaction, when you look at the retention or the lack thereof that many organizations are experiencing, so much of it comes back to this confusion. And you use the word conditioning. And I love that because it really does capture from the time we're little kids, we are conditioned to associate careers and success with a title. You know, we're asked constantly, what do you want to be when you grow up, right? Yeah. And so we concoct these stories and we have these images. And over time, we've come to understand the workplace as a place where you're recognized by what you're called, by that title, by that promotion, by that move. 
And then when, when we get to the workplace, this is reinforced as managers ask, where do you see yourself in three to five years, despite the fact that who knows where our organizations are going to be in three to five years. We continue to reinforce that. What do you want to be when you grow up? And so this book hopefully sort of introduces a different way of thinking about our careers, how we develop, and what satisfaction and success actually looks like. And spoiler alert, uh, it may not be about that title, that promotion, what you're called. I think it's fascinating to hear you speak about it, especially going all the way back to that question of what do you want to be when you grow up? I even think about when I got my very first job working in training. And one of the conversations that I would have with people, even past the excitement of being hired and and getting that job initially, was is there growth for you? I was hired as a coordinator. Will there be space for you to become a manager or a director? How long will that take? What does that look like? And it was interesting in retrospect that that is where people's minds went. It wasn't so much in the what are you doing? It is the where are you going? What is the next step for you? And I'd imagine those are conversations that are playing out for many people in the industry. Oh, they absolutely are. And I think it's those conversations that strike fear in the heart of many managers because they know the reality that they're up against. They know that there are pitifully few promotions, moves, even lateral moves Mm. um, that they can bring to bear when it comes to development. Uh, and, And yet they keep asking the where do you see yourself question. Um, we just can't help ourselves. And so from a conditioning standpoint, one of the things we need to do is help managers condition themselves away from the, what do you want to be and move into a, what do you want to do sort of conversation? Yeah. And when we start talking about what people want to do, then suddenly the opportunities are plentiful. There are things that we can say yes to those possibilities for growth that you were just mentioning. They're all over the place. As opposed to when we talk about what somebody wants to be and we find ourselves saying, oh, no, sorry, that's not going to work. You're not ready. It's a very different kind of conversation. Okay. So in your book, you do mention that there are other alternatives that can help develop and engage employees in ways other than promotions. Are there some that you can share with us and what advice would you have in relation to them? Yes, and thank you for asking, Leticia. Um, the core of the book is what I refer to as the multidimensional career framework. And there are a lot of different metaphors that I'm using with it these days. But maybe the one that I'll use today is it's kind of a, a new vocabulary, a new language. To date, we have had a very limited vocabulary when it comes to career development. And our default is to go down the the path of the promotion, the move, the role, the new title. And so what the book does is opens up a new vocabulary, a new way of talking about the possibilities. And when we expand the definition, when we expand the vocabulary, we're able to expand what's possible in terms of growth. 
And so certainly climbing the corporate ladder, you know, the whole promotion thing, as much as I'd like to say it's yesterday, it's still with us today and it'll be with us yes. tomorrow as well. <laughs> so true. I mean, sure. let's, let's face it. Uh, that's a bit aspirational. But the problem with that is it demands something that's completely outside of the control of managers and employees, that role you know, that's, that's managed by someone else in most cases. So the multidimensional career framework offers seven other alternatives that by contrast are squarely within the sphere of influence of managers and employees. And so they are contribution, competence, connection, confidence, challenge, contentment, and choice. And then, of course, the eighth C is that climb that's going to remain on people's radar screens. And that, you know, from time to time is exactly the right move. But when managers embrace this broader definition and learn this broader vocabulary, they have the opportunity to help people grow in the here and now between and besides and beyond those promotions and moves. I'm so glad you mentioned this because that was actually what I was thinking about next. What's in it for them? What's in it for management? Oh, so very much. Great question. Right now, as I work with managers and leaders, the lion's share of them are finding a couple of things getting in the way of them being able to engage in meaningful development with their folks. One is time and the other is feeling like they don't have what people are actually wanting, you know, those promotions. And so as a result, a lot of managers find themselves avoiding the conversations in an apologetic posture, not, um, not embracing the role that we know employees look to them for in terms of, of helping to support their development. And as a result, you know, there are a lot of things obviously contributing to the great resignation or reshuffle or whatever we want to call it. But one of the things is definitely um, a lack of growth. I mean, there's so much research, the LinkedIn live or LinkedIn uh, learning study, 94% of employees said they'd stay longer if an organization um, invested in them. There was a HUMU uh, study that found that employees who don't perceive opportunities for growth are 7.9 nine times more eager to leave, even if they like their job. So at the end of the day, what's in it for managers to embrace a new way of approaching career development is they're going to be able to engage in the development that people want and increase the likelihood that they can keep the talent that they need. It's amazing to hear you you kind of break it down in that way because I think it becomes that much more relatable to understand the impact you can have on an organization when you sort of take that need to drive toward promotion out of it and really start to replace that with more of that development. And I'm curious what that development tends to look like. I know you shared just, I love the framework. I think those are all just really essential components, but I'm wondering in practice, what that tends to look like. When a manager is sitting down with an employee, what could those conversations look like or what should they look like as they start to identify opportunities outside of just that traditional promotion concept? 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, at the core of it is exactly what you were just saying, Stephanie, sitting down or having a conversation. I've really come to realize that career development is a relationship between manager and employee, and it's one that plays out through conversation. And so those conversations and not the once a year, you know, sort of wonders expecting that we're going to plot out everything you're going to do for a year and put it away until next year this time, but the continuing kind of uh, continuity of conversation over time is, is sort of a foundational framework for effective career development relationships and the development that uh, can emanate from that. But then once you're in the conversation, the real key is getting at the core of what's most interesting to the employee at this particular time. You know, what's really alive for them? What do they want to be, you know, going back to what we were talking about before, what do they want to be doing? And it was interesting when we put the framework together, we we did a validation study and we worked with 750 or so people worldwide. And we asked them, just rank these dimensions in terms of how interested you are in all of them. And what was fascinating was in aggregate across ages, people were more interested in literally all of those other dimensions I mentioned. And climb was at the bottom of their list. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it completely blew me away. And what that tells me going back to language is once people have that expanded vocabulary, once we put more on the menu, once we, we make that overt that those are other dimensions of development, it's like a light bulb goes on in people's heads and they realize, ah, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. And in fact, contribution was number one. No kidding. And if that's not a hopeful message for managers <laughs> everywhere, I don't know what is. Well, you know, it's that's I, I'm thrilled to hear that. And I smile too because... In my experience, I've certainly seen that as well. People are often so motivated by being recognized for the work that they're doing, for what they can offer to the teamwork component. It is not always about the climb, or at least that's not always a very outward driver, especially in some of these team situations. But I think a big part of it is we are so often told that that should be our objective, that it sounds like it can cloud what your real motivators are. I think you nailed you nailed it. Absolutely. Wow. We've been a little bit brainwashed by this limited definition. And the truth is, once we tease it apart and, and we can put it out there clearly, there is so much interest in these other dimensions that managers and employees have the ability to control and do something around. So I, I'm, this is a very long-winded way to get back to your question about what does that conversation look like? So let's suppose as a result of the conversation or as a result of doing an assessment, we've got an assessment in the book, I've got an online assessment on my website, a manager and employee discover, okay, it's contribution that's really lighting me up these days. Then the conversation goes to that next level of what does that look like and feel like to you? What kind of contribution or difference do you want to make? 
And how can we find a way to bring expression to that in the workplace? But what's different maybe about my approach to contribution, because people are contributing all the time. I mean, that's how work is getting done. What, what the development side of this conversation is all about is, okay, and as you're willing to make a difference, step into a void, take on somebody else's assignment, um, step in while a colleague is on leave. While you're giving, what can you also get back in terms of growth and learning? What experiences do you want to have under your belt as a result of this? What skills might you want to have learned? How might you have wanted to expand your network? Are there key contacts that you want to make in the process? So that the act of contributing also drives the development that people are are wanting. And when we start having those kinds of really transparent conversations, then suddenly employees start to recognize what they're doing and the connection it has to development. So that the next time there's that, you know, that survey or uh, the study, people recognize, oh, yeah, you know, when I stepped in and took on that special project, that was growth and development because here are the skills that I learned. Because sometimes the, the growth part of it gets a little bit invisible, gets shoved into the background with the work on the, in the foreground. Very interesting. Uh, one more question for you. Can you talk about the impact of this kind of mindset on professional cultures in our workplaces? Yeah. I, I really believe that when organizations embrace this kind of an expansive definition to of career development we have the opportunity to dramatically expand the the culture of learning uh, so many organizations you know talk about being learning organizations and yet so frequently learning kind of stays in in its own lane if we could help managers and employees alike embrace this broader definition find ways to intentionally cultivate things like connection or confidence with the, the deliberate purpose of growth, at that point, we are engineering learning and development into literally everything everyone does. It becomes the oxygen that's breathed in an organization. And at that point, you really have an unbeatable culture of development and learning. What I love about this process is how connected it is. And I know that's a word that you've used a couple of times, and I love hearing it because there's a lot of intrinsic, very internal work that's happening for the employee as they're thinking about what really means something to them. What would they like to do? What does growth look like for them? There's the component for the organization as well, thinking about different ways to recognize people and to help them sort of grow into what is going to be really relevant and meaningful. And it's nice to think of that a little bit more holistically and outside of that container of promotion that we are so often sort of, you know, to use my word, I guess, conditioned 
to think about. So, I mean, it sounds very empowering for all involved. Absolutely. I think you just articulated the triple win. Yeah, because it's the the win for the organization. It's a win for the manager. It's a win for the employee. Yeah. And it is an empowering way to approach career development because while climb is still there and promotions will always be um, a possibility, now managers and employees have a whole corral of other C's. All the words just happen to start with C. Mm-hmm. A whole other corral of these dimensions that they can use anytime, anywhere. So it creates almost a, a no excuse zone when it comes to career development. No excuse not to do it because it's so possible. Yeah, I I so agree with that. Although. I do want to look at it from the other side because I realize that there are still many people who are very much in tune with the idea that success is the equivalent of a promotion. So in order to demonstrate that you have been successful, you must be promoted. And I'm wondering what thoughts or advice you might have around shifting that mindset. How would somebody perhaps start to think beyond the concept of the promotion and start to think more seriously or constructively around some of these other dimensions that you've shared as far as their own growth and development go? The the first thing probably is to help people unpack what the real motivation is. Sure. Because when I ask people why do you want that promotion? Many folks have a really tough time coming up with an answer. It's a little deer in the headlights. Um, And there are so many messages that we get, you know, from our family, from society, within the organization, uh, around the the culture and who gets a seat at the table based upon where you are. Right. Um, so there, there's a lot that's going into that, as well as, you know, we can't take the other C out of the equation, the compensation piece of it. Of course. Um, you know, the pay and the perks that come along with making that move. But the, the, the first key is probably to unpack and really clarify, am I doing this because I think somebody else believes it's the right thing for me? Or am I moving in this direction because it really is what interests me most? You know, you think about all of the technical folks over the years who've been promoted into management and supervision and mm. found themselves utterly miserable. They wanted to be an expert doing technical work, but felt to gain the attention or or whatever they had to to move up. And so frequently then those folks leave that organization and go back to being individual contributors in another organization. So you lose that good talent altogether. So understanding the, the motivators and having really transparent conversations about that is, is probably the first step. And then as organizations, we need to look at our systems and processes and see what we're doing to reinforce that. Uh, And then the third thing really is to begin to, to socialize what the alternatives are. And for many folks, you know, if, if someone is really very, very focused on that promotion and they're not ready or um, 
it's not available to them at a given time. Then the other thing that managers can start doing is leveraging some of the other dimensions toward that end, making that kind of a means to an end. So working with the folks who want those promotions, so they're not just sitting on their hands, becoming dissatisfied and disengaged, but working with them to prepare them even more for the time when, as and if that promotion becomes available by digging into, you know, do you want to develop greater competence in an area? Let's use this time wisely to do that or step up to some new challenges or make more connections, network, build your community. So how can leaders use that liminal time um, strategically for the growth and development of that person. And then just one final thought. I am so struck when we think about life in general, it's rarely those really high points that bring us the greatest joy that are the ones that are most memorable. It's normally the stuff in between. And it's the same with career development. Yeah, you get that promotion. It feels good for a moment or maybe a month, but then it's just the work you do and what they call you. And it's the stuff in between the connections and the learning and the the love of the work that we're doing that really carries us through the 20, 30, 40, 50 years of a career. I love how you phrase that because you're right. Our careers are very much a journey and they are nothing if not marked by growth. But That growth doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all. It does not have to be, I am hired at this level and promoted here and promoted there, and that is my success. What I love about what you've shared is that it's that real call to action to think about what you are looking for and to be honest with yourself, to really put some thought into that and understand that it may be that promotion is of value to you for many reasons, but you don't have to worry about what's going on in between those promotion points because there's so much to be doing and celebrating and enjoying about those moments. Mm, well said, Stephanie. Well said. <laughs> I love it. I, I I find it to be so empowering. You know, it's just a wonderful way to think about all of the many ways that we can find career success and satisfaction, but not necessarily by following what we've been many of us have been told to follow, which is the idea of climbing the ladder and getting from point A to point B. There are so many important steps in between that can provide that growth. I I just, I love the advice you've been sharing. This has been wonderful. Oh, thank you. All right, Julie, we have reached this part of our episode and we love asking our guests rapid fire style questions. And each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Great. All right. Give us one book that everyone must read and why. I am loving Smart Growth by Whitney Johnson. If you haven't read it, it is, she's a masterful author. Her writing is just exquisite, but she deconstructs learning and growth in a way that makes it so understandable and accessible and actionable. Nice. All right. Tell us one tool that you cannot live without. One tool. I am a little bit addicted these days to text expander. 
It is an app that lets you create your own little shortcuts and codes. So with just a couple of keystrokes, it can recreate, you know, standard responses and stuff that you do over and over again. And my son introduced it to me. And at the end of the year, you get a report and it tells you how much time you saved um, from actually typing all that stuff. So I can't wait to get to the end of the year to see how much extra time I had this year. Oh, interesting. Okay. Now tell us what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? And this is a hard one. I've gotten, you know, I'm, I'm getting old and I've gotten a lot of good advice over the years, but I think probably the best advice, it all kind of goes back to a common theme, something along the lines of let it go or will this matter next year or next month or next week? You know, the whole kind of helicoptering up and getting a, a broader perspective on things um, to be able to let go of the, the small stuff and um, maybe enjoy the journey a little bit more. Julie, this has been a truly enjoyable conversation. I feel like you have enlightened us on so many different aspects of what professional growth can mean. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was wonderful. And of course, Leticia, thank you so much as our co-host today too. Yes, this has been one of our most interesting topics. So thank you so much for stopping by. Oh, Leticia, thank you. You two are wonderful. It's just been a joy to be (laughs) with you. Thank you. And of course, many thanks to all of you in our community for listening. And before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Attend one of our upcoming programs. There are many to choose from. Simply go to dcatd.org and select Chapter Calendar to find out more. Follow the Metro DC chapter of ATD on LinkedIn today.